Location, Earth, United States, Piedmont, Missouri. SCP Foundation, Secure Facility Designation, Site 44. Extra Dimensional Reality Designation, 444-P0D-5CP. Site Purpose. Site 44 is an experimental containment facility that solely attempts to implement the most advanced technologies, techniques, and anomalies that are at the Foundation's disposal in order to develop more reliable containment procedures for SCPs. The procedures tested at this site are reserved for those SCPs that the Foundation historically has had difficulty in keeping contained. Knowledge of this facility is restricted to security clearance 05 and above for personnel outside of Site 44 due to the danger of testing novel containment procedures and the potential loss of some of the Foundation's most advanced resources and precious personnel. Typically, only one SCP's containment will be tested at a time. The SCP currently undergoing testing at this facility is... The, the SCP currently under, undergoing testing at this facility is SCP num, number... shit. What was the number again? Whatever. Why do I even need to make this report? Dr. Miller is the only one who's ever going to listen to it. And she's always too busy to even pretend that she listened to my recordings over lunchtime. Just how it goes for interns in the SCP Foundation, I guess. Speaking of, better make sure Dr. Miller has had enough coffee. I'll finish this up after dinner. Signing off. Oh, it's on? Okay. Well, let's see here. I believe it all started around September 5th in 2017. That beast had been given 300 different days to memorize its new containment. It was more than prepared to break out on that day. Went right past every weapon trained on it without breaking a sweat. Swam up the flooded elevator shaft without taking a single damn breath. And none of the guards at the top stood a chance. It was mad that we were so successful at keeping it in for so long that nothing was going to stop its rampage. When it finally got out of Site 44, well, that's when they would all be brought together to face him. Jacob, your character, Miles. We're going to deal with what happens with him first. Great. So it's September 5th at about 7 p.m. You're in your room uh, that you spend most of your time. Um, it is located within the residential wing of Site 44. Um, so you are living within this foundation facility. Occasionally, uh, you get to leave your room to go to the cafeteria. You also go to regular medical checkups from an on-site doctor. Um, and you also take some strolls around the uh, grounds of the facility with your mother. Um, currently, you are playing with your mother. Um, do, what, would, what would you be playing? Do you guys, uh, is she like reading to you? Do you play cards or do you have a, a video game system of some sort? Um, well, Miles doesn't, I mean, 
he's not interacted with a lot of games from the outside, but he does collect baseball cards, and he has sort of generated his own little game comparing the stats on the baseball cards, and is he has sort of taught this to his mother, but to be honest, his mother's not really in, in, into it, so just sort of given the, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, you got me there. <laughs> uh, but he's having a blast. He loves yeah. his baseball so, cards. So two questions from that then. First off, um, does Miles know what baseball is then if he's been sheltered in here for his whole oh, life? Yeah, he knows baseball. I mean, he they get TV in okay, the facility. Cool. He, he just, watches just making games. making sure. And he wasn't wa- sure how much he wanted to cloister yourself. No, I mean, he's he can see like TV and stuff, but he doesn't have a lot of opportunity to play games with other kids since he spends so much time at his own quarters um and i will say he has he has been to one baseball game uh was it like a a local team it was it was a st louis cardinals game they just had to go a little way a little ways north Mm, yeah so um the other question i have for you is your mother um, what's your relationship with her like and how, how does she uh, act towards you other than this disinterest in your game that you've invented with your baseball cards? Um, my mother is uh, Dr. Elaine Miller. Um, she and Miles get along like very well. Miles is the most important thing to her, um, though she does uh, put a lot of time and energy into her work, which Miles does see uh, come in the way of things every once in a while, but for the most part, he understands that what she does is important, though he doesn't fully know what it is that she does um, beyond a vague idea. Um, but for the most part, they have a very loving relationship and are the most important people in each other's lives. Okay, cool. Um, so while you are showing your game uh, with your baseball cards to your mother, um, she receives a, a ping on uh, whatever she's got, whether it's like a, a pager or a, a phone or like a, a smartwatch of some sort. Right. Um, she gets a message. Um, she looks at it. It's nothing too important. Um, so then she goes back to interacting with you. But about five minutes later, she gets another message you you see. Um, and she gives you a kiss on the forehead and says, I'll be right back, sweetie. And uh- she quickly leaves the room. Um, and about 10 minutes later, um, are you still just, uh, playing with your, your baseball cards at the moment? Uh, I'm resorting them back into their correct order. So about 10 minutes later, uh, the door, uh, swings open and you turn to look at it and there's nothing there that you could see. But as you're looking at the door from behind you, um, you are suddenly lifted up. There is an arm around your neck, and you are in uh, what would be a sleeper hold if the assailant was actually trying to put you to sleep. But your head is uh, restrained, and you you can't do anything at the moment. Uh, You don't know who has done this to you. Um, You did not see them enter the room. You only saw the door swing open, Uh, and you you can't see what they look like. The only thing you can see at the moment is uh, the very large arm that has been wrapped around your neck. Um, the assailant has very, uh, it's an olive toned skin and, uh, lots of runic tattoos along his arm. Um, okay. And it's in a language that you do not recognize. 
So, but it is like a human arm as far as I can tell. As far as you can tell, yes. Okay, good to know. Uh, so shortly after that, um, your mother uh, has sprinted into the room um, and she is holding in one hand uh, a bronze rod that seems to be about a foot, foot and a half long um, in one hand. In the other hand, she is holding a small wooden case um, and she enters the room immediately and says, let him go. M my name is Dr. Elaine Miller. I can get you whatever you want to just put the boy down. Yeah, and yeah, put, put me down, put me down. The, the individual responds, woman, you cannot give me what I desire. Why don't you call up Dr. Bright or Dr. Gears? I'd take Clef even. I need someone who can actually put up a fight. She says, that won't be necessary. And uh, she quickly, with a flick of her wrist, um, moves the arm that has the uh, rod in it. And it quickly extends out to a uh, very large lance, um, very bright and gleaming bronze. Um, and as it extends out, uh, there are streaks of lightning that shoot out of it. Um, and streak across the floor. And the man responds, huh, what is that, a rod of lightning? Are you really expecting that to make a difference? And she responds, well, I'm hoping so. She then quickly drops the case um, and grabs what's inside. Uh, the inside of the case you can see had a red velvet lining to it. Um, and the thing that she grabs out of the box is a little silver bell. Um, and as she rings the bell, uh, electricity crackles again from the rod um, and reaches across the ground and some grazes the foot of the individual. And upon feeling the, the power that's coming out of this item, he says, this might actually be interesting. And then from around the corner behind uh, the doorway uh, that had been busted into and that your mother also entered through um, around the corner sort of in reaction to the the bell that has been rung um, a very finely dressed uh, what appears to be a butler walks into the room um, and the individual says yes mom and your mother says take my son to safety she says this in the most urgent voice that she can muster and uh, the Butler uh, just simply replies, very well. Um, so then the man who has grabbed you, uh, readying for a fight with, the, uh, with your mother, seeing that she actually has some sort of formidable weapon, um, tosses you to the butler, um, and he quickly takes you out of the room, rushes you down the hallway, um, and he leaps over the fence with ease, you notice, um, which is a very tall, probably a, at least a 12-foot high fence with barbed wire at the top. Uh, he very easily leaps over it and uh, at an inhuman speed rushes you directly away from the facility. And he brings you very close to the edge of a town that um, you have gotten a rare few chances to leave the facility, but you are aware that this town is Piedmont, Missouri. So here, uh, the butler sets you down, 
and says, I believe I have taken you to safety. As per your mother's instructions, I will be departing now. And uh, he sets you down, and he is gone. Uh, uh, without any trace. And but, you are standing in the middle of the woods. You can see the town of Piedmont is not too far away. Um, and you, do you do anything at the moment? Uh, safety? This isn't, this isn't safety. I'm in the middle of the woods. I can't, I don't know where I am. As you're crying out, you hear a a voice reply to your cries Uh, nearby. um, You hear, hey, um, I know it's not the most ideal, but uh, at least you're not there anymore, right? Uh, You search for this voice and you see um, nearby there is a young man who um, he's wearing uh, some jeans, a Batman t-shirt, in uh, a, a bit of a torn lab coat, um, and he's got some thick-rimmed glasses on him. Um, and you would know this as Lucas Butler. He is uh, an intern with the SCP Foundation. Um, you've seen him around uh, at the cafeteria and, and other places within the, the site. So uh, you, you recognize him. This is Lucas Butler, and uh, he looks like he has also fleed the facility. Um, and he is injured. Um, I think in the confusion, there was something that happened, and he's out here now, and, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a little bit hurt. Uh, um, Lucas? Lucas? Is that, is that your name? I, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's Lucas. You're, you're Miles, right? Miles Miller? Yeah, my mom's doctor, uh, Dr. Elaine Miller. Um, what, what, ha- what happened? You're hurt. Uh, yeah, um... It was it was really heroic. I was. Um, I'm sure. Uh, I I defended the, so many people. I fled. I, I fled as soon as as soon as I heard the the alarms going off. I fled. I knew I could could, could get to Piedmont. Did it did it get out? Uh, I I don't I don't know about any yet. Uh, the I the whole sort of situation happened, and my uh, a, a man grabbed me from behind. And my my mom came and stabbed him with a magic sword. I don't know. It was a weird thing. We got to go back and help my mom. She's she's fighting oh, a guy. Um, here, l- listen, listen here, real quick, Miles. Um, I'm gonna tell you now. Uh, if either one of us goes back there, um, I don't see. The person who grabbed you being very kind. Um, I think our best chance at the moment is to get into Piedmont, and um, this is awkward, but we need to find some sort of brace, and I would really like to disinfect the cuts from this. Oh, God. I tripped. You have cuts. Um, um, oh, yeah. you, you just, you just so tripped. So you, you see um, his leg? Um, yeah. He, um, he sprained his ankle real bad. Um, it's... It's not in a good spot at the moment. Uh, you're a little bit little kid, so I don't know if you've seen like an injury this bad before. But oh, I certainly uh, he's have. He's also he's he's cut pretty bad as well. Well, um, um, and he's trying to his best to put pressure on it. You can see that uh, the reason that his um, lab coat is torn is not from a heroic battle, but because he tore off a piece to uh, kind of wrap up his leg a bit. Um, 
Well, here, my mom, my mom's a doctor, so let me, let me try and help. Uh, and okay, I'd like to um, roll, act under pressure and try to help him out. Okay, yeah, go for it. That is an eight plus one for cool. So that gives me a nine. So seven to nine, you give me a worse outcome, hard choice, or a price to pay. Yeah. So your mother is a doctor, like you said. Um, so you are at least somewhat familiar with uh, how to, to patch this up. Um, and I think when you were a little kid, you probably uh, were pretty active, running around a lot, pretending to be playing baseball and everything. Uh, so you, you've skinned up your knees a couple times. And uh, yeah, you, you were able to help cover his leg a bit um, and wrap it up. But he's, he's going to need more help. Okay. I think I had a scout uh, manual when I was uh, back in the bunker. I was obviously never able to join scouts, but I, I flipped through it and saw the first aid section here and there. So Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think definitely he's going to need more attention than I, a nine-year-old boy, can give him. Right. <laughs> so um, then Lucas says, okay, um, so I've been to town before. There is a, um, it's not a Walgreens, but it's like the, the equivalent, you know, uh, just there's like a, a medical store, whatever you whatever you call that. Uh, it's in town. Let's let's go there. Um, we could probably get enough supplies there to to be able to get through this. Um, if you can just kind of help me. Oh God, you're nine. This is fine. <laughs> just just do your best um, to to help me get up here. Oh God. Uh, yeah, I'll get I'll get under your your right shoulder, and you can sort of use my shoulder as like a walking stick, I guess. Um, um, it's my 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 left foot is hurt. You have to left other oh, other side. Yeah, I'm there, sorry, there you're you you're oh. left, my right. I'm sorry. Yeah, there yeah there we go. All right, okay, you're so short. This is fine. Uh, Listen, I'm Lucas I'm about to hit my growth spurt. Lanky, my mom says so. I'm about to hit my growth spurt. Oh yeah, uh, that's. I hope you hit it in the next two minutes, bud. You never right, know. All right, so uh, you start taking Lucas off to uh, the town of Piedmont to try to do your best to find a solution to uh, this injured leg of his. So now we're going to cut to Daniel and your character, Ned Roswell. What's Ned doing? So, Daniel, you are Ned Roswell. Ned is a resident of Piedmont, Missouri. He is uh, a student at Clearwater High School, uh, but he doesn't actually spend a whole lot of time at the high school because uh, he's got a very time-consuming hobby. Uh, he loves searching for cryptids and other creatures uh, of the night to try to reveal uh, the, the truth of the world to figure out uh, what, what really is going on out there. So Ned is, uh, he's chocked full of gear uh, meant for searching and, and prowling and, and finding all the, these truths. Um, so let's, let's hear a little bit more about Ned. Like what, what all does Ned have on him here? And real quick, uh, what kind of day is it? Is this one of those days that he would otherwise be at school or? Um, it's, a weekend. I think it's like uh, a Friday night, so you you don't have class in the morning. So maybe you're uh, about to go check out your uh, your trail cameras and everything to see if you you picked up anything at all. Gotcha. Exactly. All right. So uh, Ned Roswell, uh, as usual, he's a master investigator, of course. So he's got on his uh, it's 1920s era trench coat sort of thing. 
He's got his fedora. He's got his shades, even though the sun is set a couple hours ago. But you know, he's gotta he's gotta look the part, just in case someone sees him out here in the woods. Real quick, are these prescription shades or? They, uh, does he have no. Like twenty twenty vision. No, okay. he's he's got he's got normal vision, but uh, okay. but you gotta have the shades. He's a big fan of I wear my sunglasses at night. It's a great song, lives by it. <laughs> uh, on his back, kind of conspicuously and out of place he's got a a purple uh, dora the explorer backpack which uh which he would swear is dazzle camouflage you need to learn your history as he's uh walking out through the woods he's got a few uh items in his backpack like his uh laptop his binoculars a camera just in case there's a hot scoop going on he's going out to check his trail cams so it's a Dora the Explorer backpack. I think that needs to be addressed a little bit here. Um, do you, does, does Ned get a lot of, uh, does he get like bullied in school or just get like a lot of, um, granted Clearwater High School probably does not have that many students to begin with. So Exactly. Uh, you know, that might, might contribute uh, somewhat to why Ned doesn't go to school uh, all that often. You know, uh, Ned, in addition to uh to his stuff doesn't have a huge amount of money uh, much of the stuff was uh given to him perhaps it's uh, all his mother had to hand off but he'll swear it's a dazzle camouflage it it fools the eyes world war one battleships had that and it worked well for them right right so well okay so what happens on the evening of september 5th um you uh the night before had one of your trail cams pick something up. Um, so once you've gotten off school, had time to pack all your gear and get prepared to go out and go check it, uh, by about this time, it's about 7 p.m. Um, so you go to this trail cam. It's a little bit west of town. Um, so you, you've got a hunch that this is this is going to lead to something big. This is going to be the, the one where you finally reveal Bigfoot or the Chupacabra or... Um, coupons that actually have good deals on them. I knew it! You know, unreal things. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, you get there, um, and I'm going to have you try to investigate a mystery. So, roll plus sharp for me. Sure thing. That's a solid five plus two sharp is seven. Okay, so investigate a mystery on... A seven to nine, you get to hold one, and you can ask uh, any of the following questions. What happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt you? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here? All right. And uh, set the scene. I get back out to my trail cam. Are these the... Did I just get that it picked up something, and I have to, like, pull up my laptop here to see what it was, or...? Yeah, so you, you kind of saw that there was, um, I, I think you have like, uh, you've been doing this a while, you don't have a whole lot of money, but you got lucky enough at the local electronics store where it's uh, a trail cam that uh, you're able to like get it to, to live stream to you. So you set up like a, a little server at home where you can pull up the, the little images and stuff right, uh, yeah. of, of the trail and everything. So um, you're able to pull it up at home. And uh, I think that you see um, some movement going on in like the the fur further away from the the focus of the camera. 
Gotcha. Um, like Surreal and distinct. The, with the back kind of in the shadowy areas of the, the camera where you can you can see something was moving there, but you couldn't quite tell what it was. So now you're here to check it out. All righty. So uh, Ned's going to check out his uh, trail cam, make sure battery life's all good. Then he's going to go over to where the uh, kind of where the edge of the image is. And he's going to try and determine what sort of creature it was that the trail cam saw. Um, so what sort of creature it was, uh, it looked very humanoid. Um, so you, your immediate assumption is Bigfoot, but then you look a little bit closer at the footage and you see it's not, not quite Bigfoot size. Um, and as you're looking around, you see some footprints as well. Um, and they're leading off to a, a nearby house. Um, and when you find these footprints, um, the sort of radar that you have in your backpack uh, starts starts giving off some beeps and boops and, and chirps and such. Oh no! So you have you have a good feeling about going there. A great feeling about going there. All, yeah. all right. They are encouraging beeps and boops. They're encouraging beeps or boops. Oh, yes. They're usually not the most encouraging. <laughs> okay. So encouraging beeps and boops from my radar. Well, that's encouraging. I like that. So, um, Ned is then exceptionally curious about this. They didn't, uh, the radar doesn't usually beep and boop for anything. So we're gonna, we're gonna follow these footsteps, see what it is. Is it, uh, real quick, is it barefoot or, uh, like a boot print or hard to tell? Um, it, it would not be barefoot. Um, you can't really tell it. There's, uh, it's autumn at the moment so there's a lot of leaves here right so you can yeah more tell that there's like kicked up stuff rather than like a, a good shoe print but gotcha it, it looks more defined like a shoe you just can't you can't see like the treads on it or anything all right sounds good so ned's gonna yeah. make his super sneakiest way through the crunchy leaves uh over to the direction of that crunch 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 ned is not the best woodsman um, so what are you doing when you, when you get over to this house that it's obviously leading up to? You, you can see that the footprints you were following, um, go to the, the back door that's facing the woods that you're approaching from. Um, and the, the shoes have been kicked off out here, uh, cause they, they got a bit muddy. So they're, they're out here. Um, what, what would you like to do now? So, uh, Ned's got his, uh, his camera out. It's kind of, a like a really old DSLR type of thing that he got secondhand. He's going to snap a few pictures just to be sure. You know, you're never sure when a mystery is going to play out. So you got to make sure you got this. And, uh, some, some muddy shoes, a normal looking house in the woods. It seems pretty suspicious to Ned. Uh, he's going to make okay. a make a quick circle around, see if there's any angles he could maybe uh, see in the windows of anything. Okay, while you're doing that, I'm actually going to cut away to Hannah. So, Hannah, uh, your character, full name Benjamin Dreyer, uh, yes. goes by Ben or Benji. Yes. Uh, you wake up at home. Uh, it's about 7.30, and you are alert. You are you are woken up very abruptly. Is it 7.30 um, a.m. or p.m.? P.m., sorry. Okay. 
uh, AM, you're not involved in the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it's it's uh, it's 7.30 p.m. You got home and uh, from going and to the library or something and you uh you had a book in your hand you were laying on uh, either your, your couch or your chair kind of passed out there um and there is an alarm going off in your head that's just telling you something is wrong but you can't put your finger on it um and it's just blaring and blaring but uh let's let's set up your the scene of your home a little bit so benji doesn't get out a whole lot i imagine there might be uh some some pizza boxes sitting around because you didn't feel like going out. So there's just some some pizza that's been stacked up here that you haven't quite gotten rid of the boxes for yet. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, definitely a, a small living space for meant for one person. Um, definitely uh, only the furniture that is absolutely necessary, table and chair, maybe a couch, bed, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, a little TV that has kind of collected dust over in the corner and the, the chair that you have set up that he was sleeping on. Okay. Um, so as the blaring in your head starts to fade, uh, you hear something outside. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have you, let's uh, investigate a mystery here. All right. Um... So roll plus sharp. Plus sharp. That is five. <laughs> okay. Um, I get to take a hard move on you. So uh, on hearing something outside of the house. Um, Hannah, don't forget to mark experience. Oh, you're right. Yes. Uh, do mark experience, please. Dang it, yeah. Why didn't I fail my check? <laughs> I'm ahead of all of you. Oh, um, something you missed. Uh, you have the class move telepathy. Right. I, I wasn't sure if that applied to this situation, but uh, yeah. So yeah, um, there's something outside. And I think that um, you could be attempting to, to read the mind of whatever is out there. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead and do that. So you roll plus weird instead, um, which moves your roll up to a, a seven. seven. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's a mixed success. Um, you're able to hear uh, on the outside. You don't have the greatest signal, but there's there's some murmuring going on. You hear muddy boots, uh, trails leading up from the woods, just the things of uh, an individual listing things off, um, like they're they're investigating a mystery themselves. So what would you like to do here? Uh, I think he has like a baseball bat next to uh, both of his door, his his front door and his back door, uh, just <laughs> which is like his only security measure that he takes here. And I think he would just like peek out the window to see if he can see who's out there. Okay, yeah, I think uh, you you peek out and you kind of knew where the the sound was coming from towards the back of your house, and then it started moving around. So you're able to look out uh, one of the side windows. Um, and you see a young man uh, who's looking at the ground, kind of like uh, maybe broke out a magnifying glass or is taking pictures of stuff as he moves along, uh, just kind of like seeing what he can track there. Um, and as you peek your head out the window, um, Ned, your backpack starts chirping. Um, it's it's not a chirping of warning. It's a, uh, hey, look, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, what is it? Is he 
looks around uh, very uh, quickly and uh, and carefully at his surroundings, trying to see. I think you you spot uh, Benji looking out the window, just kind of like confused as to why you're you're roaming around his house. Just, just, is um, it just a normal so, man face? Y- yeah, just like a guy. The uh, ah ah. Uh, <clears throat> hey, hey there, uh, mister. Benji is just kind of like, what the hell is this kid doing? And uh, he uh, goes around to the to the back door and he opens it and he said, uh, sorry, who, who are you? What are you doing here? Why are you at my house? Um, Ned, your backpack gives a... Uh, some chirping that's like uh kind of how in Dora the Explorer it's like the we did it we did it hooray <laughs> just like the the happiness of like we we found the thing we were looking for <laughs> what I'm sorry what the hell is that what is what is making that noise I'd uh smack my backpack a little bit and uh and, and don't worry about that name's uh Ned Roswell investigator extraordinaire you might have heard me I've been Around town, I'm hunting out mysteries out here in the woods. Mysteries. Benji, I think you you can you can tell that it's a Dora the Explorer backpack, just on this guy who's decked out like uh, he's like a 16 year old. He's decked out with all this like camping and uh, investigation gear. So like, yeah, you're you're appropriately confused. He uh, pulls out a he pulls out a notepad and he's like, "Hey, I got some uh, questions for you. If you if you wouldn't mind, you live out here uh, uh, alone. It kind of looks like, yeah." Uh, yeah. What does that matter? I'm I'm sorry. What is this for? Is this for a school project or something? Uh, yeah, a school project. That's right. And I'm trying to find out how uh, people live outside the town. You know, city folk these days, they don't get to experience it too well. So have you uh, maybe seen any crazy stuff happening out here? Any uh, people you don't know wandering through the woods? Benji, at that question, I want you to roll your premonition. Premonition, okay. Um, so that's plus weird. Plus weird. Uh, so that is a nine. Okay. On a seven to nine, you get clouded images of something that is bad that is yet to happen. Uh, mark experience if you stop it. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Um, let me think here. Benji, you get very clouded images of events that are going to take place this night. Uh, in the coming morning, you see on the far outskirts of town, there have been set up very quickly encampments of soldiers, guards, whatever they are, um, and they look like they're trying to keep something from getting by them. It's a barricade that surrounds the length of the town. The whole town? Yes. What else you see in this vision? Everyone that you know in this town that you have seen, whether in passing or you know personally, you just see flashes of each one bouncing from one person to the other. They have all been brutally murdered. Additionally, 
you see the young man that stands before you. The last scene that you see in this is him who has likewise been murdered. And I think that this hits you like a ton of bricks as he's questioning you. What What is your reaction to that just in the middle of his questioning of you? I, I don't think Benji has seen anything like that before. I think weird things have happened, but definitely not to that scale. So I, I think he kind of starts to hyperventilate a little bit and uh, drags Ned inside and he says, what's going on here? Who are you? Tell me the truth right now. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm just a kid running around the woods. That's all I am. It's, uh, I'm, I got some trail cams out here, and I thought I saw something on one. I don't know. You're around. I used footprints to your house. That's, that's all I know. Got my hands up, and my notebook falls to the ground at his feet. So, Ned, I think as uh, Benji has been threatening you here uh, and reacted violently to something that occurred, uh, you see little 8-bit eyebrows in a very angry, threatening manner appear on the brow of Benji. Um, it's it's somewhat comical, and you you maybe let out a, a chuckle at seeing it, but <laughs> something something has has happened here. You you can tell like something something flared up, and that's not normal. People don't have eight bit eyebrows that that make them have even angrier expressions. I, I rub my eyes real quick. Are they still there? And your eyes are still there. And <laughs> <laughs> as this happens. We're gonna we're gonna cut to uh, the final member of our group, uh, Jordan. Oh man! We are going to have Agnes join us. Did I say that right? Agnes. Agnes. Okay, I'll get that down. So that's yeah, fine. Agnes, you are driving into town into Piedmont. Um, your family has asked you to go pick up some groceries before everything closes down for the evening. Uh, so you go, um, and now that the, the Walmart has closed down earlier this year, uh, your, your selections have gone down significantly. You could still pick up all the groceries you need, but it's like a bit less convenient. You know, it's like you have to go to like a couple different stores to get the different things, but also you like getting like homegrown foods and everything too. So you like want to give to the local markets as well, but it's just a hassle. And then. It's, it's just a big deal. Um, I think, are you annoyed that it's it kind of seems like it's always you that has to go and do these errands in town at all? Uh, slightly, yeah. But I am also understanding on why I have to be the one to go get groceries um, for okay. family reasons. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so I think you're you're pulling into town uh, to, to get into the heart of uh, Piedmont. You have to go through many uh, a road that's very winding uh there's lots of trees that are hugging the road very tightly it's very disorienting it's uh not not a fun drive to go through but you make it through you get there uh you pass by the clear water lake on your way in and as you're pulling into town uh can you act under pressure for me so Oof. roll plus cool, which is minus one for you. Yeah, and I rolled a four, so that's a three. Ooh, okay. Um, 
So go ahead and mark experience. Okay. Um, as you pull into town, I think you're you're going through your head the the list of everything that you need to pick up tonight. Um, what what are some of the things that uh, maybe would be on your grocery list there? Oh, you know the basics: eggs, milk, bread. We don't get fancy stuff; just basic staples. Okay, and as you come in, you uh, don't see that a uh, typically at this time, the, the town's not that busy. There's not a lot of people walking around. Um, but you see a very tall, lanky individual uh, wearing a bit of a torn up lab coat, and you can kind of see his legs a little bit hurt. Uh, he's being helped along the street by a, uh, a young man, probably about nine or ten years old. Um, and you see them a, a bit too late. Um, so you... Uh, try to slam on the brakes, but you you hit the guy who who has already been injured, um, and he he is out. Oh, big oof! The uh, he was able to push the the young man out of the way, but he he's out cold. Hey, uh... listen, lady, watch where you're going. Watch where you're driving that car. You hit my friend. I don't know. He's hurt. We gotta get him somewhere. Well, excuse me, but you guys were jaywalking, but I would like to immediately check the guy's pulse. He's he's alive. He's just okay. um he's just he was already like not doing super well and then like getting hit by the car, I think it was like the breaking point of his consciousness, so he's he's out. Okay. So, uh you see right across the street uh Miles, the the store that you were heading to, uh you were you were almost there as you as you got hit here. The the store that I was heading to? Uh no, the store the the medical shop, the oh, Walgreens oh, right, equivalent. Right. Uh Jacob, could you name this Walgreens equivalent for me? Because uh I don't imagine that they probably have a Walgreens or a CVS in in Piedmont, but um I'm gonna do a rip off of uh, the adventure zone a little bit and and let you name some of the things in the town. Um well I mean this is uh Chester's. Chester's, okay. Uh, Chester's General Medical Supplies. Perfect. Uh, so what are you doing here? Well, I mean, we we were headed to Chester's because we needed to obviously fix him up, and then you banged him up pretty much a lot worse. Uh, and I don't know if Chester's is going to be able to handle it now, but help me get him inside. He, need, he needs some kind of bandages or ointment. I don't know. I'm a nine-year-old boy. Being a local from the area, would I know if there is a hospital nearby or like how far the closest hospital is? Uh, it is in Poplar Bluff, actually, which, which is, is far. pretty far away. It's like an hour drive. Okay. There's there. It's kind of an issue, actually. Like there's maybe like a clinic somewhere, but you it's 7 p.m. Like there's no way you're they're open at the moment. Okay, in that case, I just want to, hey, kid, help me get this guy to the the Walgreens equivalent right over there. I don't, I mean, okay, I mean, I was helping him pretty good, but now that he's unconscious, I don't know that I'm going to be a lot of help in the muscle department. Um, but Not with that spirit, you're not, come on. <laughs> no, I guess that's fair. Uh, the power of heart and stuff, let's get him. And I grab his feet. And expect her to grab the more weighty parts of him? Sure. Did you not remember the word for pharmacy, Kenneth? 
You just kept calling it no. a, a medical store. Like Walgreens. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't remember that. Pharmacy. All Walgreens is all I could think of. Oh, it's Chester's Medical Supply Store. Yeah. yeah that's canonical. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. We should put like pins in Google Map that we own this business <laughs> and put it Chester's Medical Supply Store. Yes. So, uh, yes, the Chester's Medical Supply Shop thing that I totally remember what a pharmacy is called. This is fine. So you start bringing Lucas over to that store, um, not a pharmacy, very important. You start bringing him over to the store, um, and as you try to open the door to bring him in, uh, it's it's locked. Um, and I think as you start pulling on the door, trying to trying to get in, um, the owner comes to the front of the store because he's he's still in there. It, it's a little bit earlier than you would expect him to close the store. But uh, Chester walks up to the door, unlocks it, and, and opens it and says, What are you kids doing? We're, we're closed. The sheriff told everyone to go home. There's a murderer on the... on the Wait, he's hurt. Oh, oh no. Uh, bring him bring him in. Uh, I'll, I got a table in here. We'll, we'll set him down real quick. Are, are you Chester? Uh, that's, that's my name, Chester Hoover. Don't wear it out. Uh, yeah, um, she hit him with, his ca- with her car... Uh, do you have a band-aid? <laughs> I don't have cameras on the outside of my uh, store, so I can't help with that too much if you're trying to file a lawsuit, but I can help with the, the bandaging this boy up. Bring him, bring him in. Let's go. Yeah, so uh, he, he starts grabbing some, some supplies. He's, uh, he runs this medical uh, supply shop, so he, uh, he knows what he's doing. He starts uh, properly bandaging up the... Uh, ankle that's had some issues and uh, put some ice on the on Lucas's forehead and uh, like um, puts a brace on his ankle that that got sprained um, and as uh, a more level-headed person has had the the chance to look at this wound it's the, the leg isn't that bad actually it was just more of like the heat of the moment like finding a, a guy who sprained his ankle in the woods you know um, but the, the getting hit by a car, that was, <laughs> that was not great. Um, so, uh, Chester says, how did, how did all this happen? What, why are you, what are you kids even doing out this late? Um, uh, we were, I don't, it, I don't think I recognize you youngster. What's your name? I am Miles Carter. And Miles Carter. Yeah. Are you, real, are you Denise's Denise Carter's kid? Um I didn't know she, she had a kid. Is my aunt? And we uh-huh. my best friend Lucas and I were visiting my aunt from out of town. Yeah. We're staying with my aunt Denise. Um but my mom was uh, out at the store, and we went out into the woods, and we got lost. Um, since this is such a, like, you didn't do a great job of trying to lie, I'm going to have you uh, try to manipulate a person. So roll plus charm. Okay. That is a six plus two. Give me an eight. 
Okay, so manipulate us, uh, manipulate us, someone. That's that's the name of it. Uh, so for another person on a seven to nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show you mean it. If you're asked too much, they'll tell you what, if anything, would take for them to do it. So he uh, stops like bandaging up Lucas for a second and says, "All right, I." I know a lot about this town. I've been living here a while, and uh, I'm going to tell you Chester's a, a buddy that you can trust. What's your real name, kid? Miles Carter. My name's Miles Carter. I wasn't lying to you. I wouldn't lie. I'm just a sweet nine-year-old boy. I wouldn't lie to you. My name's Miles Carter. Elaine Carter is my mom. She's Denise's sister. Elaine Carter. Well, I know Denise very well. I know that she doesn't have a sister named Elaine, but I understand why you're trying to keep it secret. So I'm going to go ahead and finish patching up your buddy here for you. Uh, and the, the result of this is he's, he's going to still be unconscious because you're, you're still hiding your last name. Okay. I mean, I'm not lying to you. Um, I just uh my mom and Denise don't talk all that much we're coming into town to sort of mend some he's just bridges. he's just nodding at this point at everything yeah. you're saying as he's oh. trying to hey to my patch mom does up. that sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah we're so, just coming into uh, town some mend some burnt bridges and Denise <laughs> probably doesn't talk about me or my mom that much but we're getting along just great now mm-hmm. so as uh all this is happening. Um, from outside, you hear a clatter. Um, and Chester uh, immediately bolts up and, and looks out the front door. Um, and he, he doesn't see anything around and says, All right, keep your voices down. I'm going to have all of you go to the back door there. Go up the stairs. It'll bring you to the roof. There's a ladder at the back. I just need you to go out that way. Um, I don't know what this is, but nobody's out right now. Sheriff has the town on lockdown. I'm just a bit jumpy at the moment. Please go. Well, and he goes back you... behind the counter and pulls out a shotgun. What about Lucas? How do we get him out? Bring him with you. Same way you, you brought him in here. Stretcher or something? How are we going to get him down a ladder? He's got like a, a rope underneath the desk as well. Like he's he's a survivalist. He throws it to you. Okay, I guess we'll Congratulations, you have earned one rope for calling out my uh, error. <laughs> Alright, well, I learned a lot of rope uh, knots from my scout handbook, so okay, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Perfect. Alright, so uh, are you heading up the stairs? Uh... Can I, I, I want to ask real quick, like, why? I know, would this be like investigative mystery? Why he wants, why he's so on edge? Um, I, you just know, uh, he okay. said as you were coming in here, uh, the sheriff has locked down the town. Um, and he's been living here a while from his, his expression. You could, you could guess that maybe this isn't the first time that the sheriff has had to come along and lock down the town. But the residents don't know why he locks down the town? Uh, from what you know at the moment, no. Okay. And since you live near the town, you you have no idea. 
Okay. You would you would at least know that much. You can you can like glean that there's from his expression. He's very much wearing his uh, his heart on his sleeve. He's he's nervous and uh, has maybe going to be a bit trigger happy. But uh, you you head up the stairs. Hey hey mm-hmm. hey, lady. Um, what's your name? It's Agnes. Agnes. Um, yeah, we should do what he says. Uh, I think there might be something dangerous out and uh, someone dangerous out and that's sort of how I got here so we should definitely just go up and do what he says alright do you have do you live around here um in a manner of speaking but I don't think I don't think going home is an option then what was your plan I don't know we just need to get somewhere safe I don't know I was told All I was right. safe in the woods, but I don't know how much I trust that man. Okay, let's get out of here. You grab his legs. Okay. I'll grab his arms. And we start making our way up the stairs. Hanging on tight. Yep. <laughs> so uh, Chester's still staring uh, out the front of the store. There's the, the glass windows there. He's he's definitely fidgety and, and looking around. Um, so... As you get towards the top of the stairs and, and open the, the door that leads up to the uh, rooftop, you, you hear a gunshot um, and like a, a, a yell come from Chester and then a thud. And you get up to the top here um, and you, you go towards the, the back of the rooftop to look for the ladder that he mentioned. Um, and at this point, as you get to the edge of the roof, you realize the clatter that you heard outside was the ladder being ripped off of the building. Um, well, um, is there anything around that we could tie the rope off to? Um, there might be a, a little bit of a, a, a stump of the, the remainder of the ladder, but it's, okay. it's not a whole lot. It, it might be risky to try to even put anything on that. Um, as you're inspecting the ladder remains, at the moment, uh, you hear something uh, impact the ground at the front end of the roof behind you. Um, and you turn around, and Miles, you recognize at least the arm of this individual immediately. Um, um. And it is a hulking man. Uh, he is pushing six foot and a half um, and he is covered not just on his arms but on his entire body with these glowing runes that you saw on his arm uh, and it is absolutely in a a language that you do not understand Um, and as he lands uh, you, you do notice that he's not looking the greatest um he has singe marks over his body, um, which you can maybe gather that uh, resulted from some of your mother's actions. Um, I'm going to have you read a bad situation. I should think so. Um, okay. So that's going to be uh, plus sharp. Plus sharp, yes. All right. And that's a nine plus one. Give me that ten. That is a 10. Wow. Uh, So read a bad situation. Uh, You get to hold three. Uh, So you get to ask 
three questions here. Uh, what's my best way in? What's my best way out? Uh, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? What's the best way to protect the victims? If you act on the answers, you get one plus ongoing while the information is relevant. Okay, so I mean, I think first order of business is what's my best way out? Um, so a couple things happen, uh, I'm gonna say in reaction to this question. First off, the man uh, is going to talk to you. He's going to say, <laughs> well, little boy, you seem to have gotten away from me. Your mother's okay. Don't worry. If you come with me, everything will be okay. I just need you as some leverage. Because she won't give me what I want unless I have something to hold against her. Um. And as he says this, um, Lucas uh, comes too. And he uh, immediately lets out a, a shriek. He's like, ah! not, he's, he's not very thrilled to see this, this thing that uh, he's heard stories of, but has never seen uh, in person himself. Uh, Lucas, d um, don't worry, don't worry. I know she hit you with her, with her car, but she's actually really nice. Uh, she didn't and Lucas looks at Agnes, uh, and Jordan, could you describe Agnes's appearance to me again? Uh, anything in particular or just in general? Uh, just give me a, a general layout. I'm about 5'8", with dark wavy hair, light olive skin. I have a scar across the right side of my face. It goes like straight up and down from my eye. So the other thing that Lucas notices in Agnes's hair, uh, there are feathers that are interweaved within her hair that uh, jet black that you would not notice otherwise. Uh, unless you knew what you were looking for or looked very closely. Um, and he says, Oh, oh my God, the God, one of you are here. Um, could you, uh, this would be a, a good time to, to, to help out here if you, he, he's, his eyes are darting to the, the kid next to you. If you're okay with helping, you don't have to, but it could, could be helpful if you, if you did. Uh, I'm sure we can figure something else out. Um, and as he says this, the man replies, All right, I'll give you 30 seconds. You can either run, attack me, do whatever you want. Just make it fun for me. And he stretches his arms out to the side. Um, and Miles, you recognize a couple things on either side of his person. Um, you recognize the bronze uh, staff, uh, or the bronze rod, rather, that your mother had used um, in its collapsed form at his right hip. Uh, and at his left is the box that had the bell in it. Ah. So I'm going to go ahead and make this... Um, so the way that battling kind of works for Monster of the Week is you each have a, a turn that you take uh, to do some sort of move. Um, and 
if you take a move in this time, uh, I'll, I'll help figure out how much time it's going to take and what some of the consequences are for, but there's not a given amount of time that a round's going to take. So um, I have both Agnes and uh, Miles here. Uh, either of you can choose who's going to take an action first. Okay, well, first, can I spend one of my holds to ask another question? Yes. Um, what is most vulnerable to me at the time? As So, like, I'm looking around, and is there something that I can see that might give me an advantage over the man I just saw? Or the man that is chilling on the roof? So, the things that you would find give you the most advantage are either of the two things that are at his hip. Okay. Um, I suspected that. Okay. And you have one more question if you'd like to use that. Yeah, I'm... So, did we get an answer to best way out? So, you have the beginnings of an answer. Um, okay. He said we could fight or run. Essentially. Um, are there any dangers that we haven't noticed? As far as I, like I said, I'm looking around, uh, see if there's anything I can use to my advantage. Is there anything else that sticks out to me? Um, your eyes dart around, uh, and the only other thing you realize is that you're high up, and if you tried to just jump from here or just drop Lucas off, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't be having the greatest of times. Okay. Um, okay, then I'm going to whisper to Anya. Anya's. Agnes. Um, okay, those things that he's got on his hip. Um, if you if you can get one of those or both, we can definitely do some damage. Or that's what my mom used, and it hurt him definitely. It definitely hurt him. Here, let me see if I can help. And I am going to charge him. Okay. Um, yeah, sure so I'm going to be that. using my move called "What Could Go Wrong." When you charge into immediate danger without hedging your bets, hold two. You may spend your hold to inflict plus one harm, reduce someone's harm suffered by one, or take plus two forward on an act under pressure roll. Okay. Um, so what are you what are you doing here? Are you trying to kick some ass? Um, I, if you want to grab no. an item from him, okay. First of all, I, I am not say... kicking ass because okay. Miles... It's not especially tough. And he is a nine-year-old boy. And this is a very strong, very strong specimen we're up against. Yep. Um, so he's actually going to take his rope and try to get it tangled up in his feet and trip him. Uh, okay. I'll make this an act under pressure roll. Hell yeah. I'm going to take plus two forward. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's plus cool. So that's. Good thing I took plus two forward because that gives me four plus one plus two, seven. Okay, so uh, I'm going to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. So you you wrap the rope around his legs, and as you do so, he's just laughing. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect this. Uh, you're, you're an entertaining child. And as you knock him over... Um, the rod uh, loosens from his hip and falls off the top of the roof. 
Um, but the box is still well in reach, and his hands are still directly out. He's he's basically doing a T pose on the ground. Um. Okay. Well, I guess I'll try to grab the fifteen. I guess I'll try to grab the box. As, as he as each second ticks by, his grin gets more and more menacing. I guess I'll grab the box and throw it to Agnes. Here, take this. Okay. It can do something, I think. So, Agnes, uh, you drop the box. No, you uh, <laughs> you catch the box, um, and you open it up, and there's uh, a red velvety interior in there, um, and there is a bell sitting on the inside, a small silver bell. Uh, I guess I, I take it out and ring it. Okay. Uh, you ring the bell, and uh, from the staircase uh, of the door you walked up, uh, a man walks out, and he says, "Yes, ma'am." And he's talking to me, right? Yep. He's he's uh he's got like a, a silver platter in his hand, and uh, he's just staring expectantly at you. I ask, "Who are you?" My name is Mister Deeds, ma'am. Is there anything I can do for you? Um, if you could get us three off this roof, that would be really nice. Yes, I can do that. Uh, so he quickly scoops up uh, the three of you uh, with surprising ease and agility and strength. Um, he grabs all of you and uh, jumps off the roof. And he lands very gracefully on the ground. Um and uh, he says, with that, my task is complete. And he pops out of existence. He's no longer there. Are and we... the three of you are on the ground. Uh, is th- can I pick is up the... the rod? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So you just told him to get you off of the roof. Um, and I'm going to say that the closest way to get the three of you off the roof would have been the back of the roof. That makes um, sense. So if you want to try to run quickly to the, the front of the roof um, or, or the front side of the store, uh, I, I will give you that opportunity. It just may be a, a bit difficult to accomplish with your time running out. You have a, used up about half of your 30 seconds. Um, well, um, I mean, what do we do? I mean, it might be best to just run around and try to get to the car, right? That's going to be our fastest um, way I like cars. Uh, and just want to say to the, uh, whatever your name is, onions, whatever, onions. Yeah, that's right. Sorry for pressuring you. I was just nervous. Let's go. Uh, and he's like starting to try to hobble towards the car. Okay. I follow him, but did he just call me onion? <laughs> he might've. Oh my he's gosh. nervous. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I follow him to the car because I'm not interested in the rod. To get to the car, do we have to go around the front of the building anyway? Yeah. Well, I'll, you're at the front. Uh, you you can swing and grab the rod real quick. Hell yeah! I'm uh, doing that. As you're, there's you're gonna have to act under pressure. Okay, I can do that. Hopefully. And you already spent your forward, correct? I did. So that's okay. a seven plus cool, so eight. I'm gonna say this is also a uh, what could go wrong situation because you know he is right above you. Um, so I'm gonna. Um, I'm going to let you hold two here. Okay. Uh, and you, by tying up his legs, uh, it didn't save you a whole lot of time, but it did buy you a couple seconds. 
Okay. Uh, as you reach the rod, as soon as you grab it, it extends outward. Um, and I think it extends up above you and a bolt of lightning strikes out and, uh, you didn't notice at the moment this guy was about to drop down on top of you as you bent over to pick up the rod. Ah! Uh, what was your, your result again? An eight. Um, and if you're giving me what could go wrong, then I can spend that to turn it into a ten, which seems like it would be ideal in this situation. Okay, yeah. Uh, there's there's not a consequence for this then. Uh, you, you strike him with a bolt. Um, and by getting hit, he kind of lets out a, a, a groan and then hits the ground uh, and rolls away. And he just kind of stares back at you uh, from a distance displeased. And uh, he mutters, I'm going to have to rethink this, and dashes off. Hey, I, I beat him. Guys. Anyas, I beat him. Get in the car, kid. Okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm running. Do you have like a pickup truck or just like a Prius? I don't know. I didn't even know I had a car until the session started. <laughs> yeah, I, I've given you a car. Do you do you know what your car is? Do you have an idea? Obviously, a convertible because I hate feeling restricted. Hell yeah! I hop in the back. Onward, Anyas. As you start driving off. Um, I don't think you've you've picked a particular direction you're going yet, um, but I think as you're driving off, uh, our perspective shifts back to both Ned and Benji, um, and they're having like a, a a bit of a quarrel at the moment. And uh, Benji still has the angry eight-bit eyebrows. Ned, do you have a, a reaction you want to to say here to seeing those at all? Real quick, I've confirmed my eyeballs exist after rubbing them. Uh, do the after rubbing them? Do the, the eyebrows of uh, Benji still exist? Uh, yeah, they're there. Oh, damn, I thought that would work. Uh, sir, uh, Mister, you got something on your uh, on your kind of motion to my own eyebrows. I think you have a you have a mirror in here. You can. You can see yeah, it. Yeah, he uh, he looks in the mirror and he goes, ah, shit, and he like tries to rub them off his head. <laughs> they they dissipate. Okay. Uh, look, I I can <clears throat> I can uh, answer any question you want, Mister. But uh, that was kind of weird. You gotta admit. At this point, I'm gonna say that uh, your premonition that you had. Uh, decided it's not done and what Ned sees for just a moment is a red exclamation point also 8-bit appear over Benji's head and the vision you get Benji is the uh, in addition to the people who have perished uh, from the coming uh, monster you see a young boy looks to be about nine or ten years old, as well as a, a lady who has very dark black hair with what looks like just as dark uh, black feathers accessorizing her hair, uh, and a, another young man who is tall and lanky and has a Batman t-shirt and a lab coat on. They have additionally joined uh, those who perished. 
and you snap out of this uh, vision and the red exclamation point disappears and Ned, your backpack starts chirping uh, more urgently than you've ever experienced before. And it's uh, almost like shoving it towards the uh, front door. Gotcha. Um, real quick, I've been around the block. Could I invoke Occam's broadsword? That when I first encounter something strange, I may ask the keeper what sort of thing is going on here. They'll tell you if it's natural, an unnatural creature, a weird phenomena, or a person. So, Ned, when you uh, invoke Occam's broadsword uh, to try to figure out what sort of phenomenon you're, you're experiencing here, uh, you get a feeling of an unnatural as well as a natural presence uh, when you're specifically looking at Benji. Ah, great. Excellent. Um, so... So what is your response to uh, your, your backpack's chirps? Got it. My backpack's chirps. Would you please shut that thing up? Uh, yeah, let me uh, go take care of it uh, outside real quick. And I go out the open door, and I stoop uh, beside the window next to it, and I take my radar out of my backpack. So at the front of the house... Oh, hey, uh, Kenneth, sorry, by the way. When you were talking about the premonition with the boy, the lady, and the, the nerd, um, were they dead as well, or were they just there? Yes, okay. they had also perished, okay. sorry. Okay. Um, so, Ned, when you get to the front of the house, you, uh, see a car that, uh, is of unknown make and model, uh, start to, to roll and sputter to a stop. Everyone in the car, uh, Lucas, Agnes, and Miles, the car is, has stopped operating. Lucas, uh, gets out, uh, and hobbles to the, the front of the car, pops, pops the front, you see that there's been some stuff that's been tampered with here. Uh, you can you can suspect that maybe that guy knew what he was doing with uh, maybe sabotaging your vehicle here. Uh, um, hey, hey, you, um, do you do you live here? I shove the things back in the bag as I see something coming up, and uh, I look up. And, uh, uh, no, there's a there's a demand in in there. Uh, is this your house? No? Yeah, why would you ask me that? Uh, uh, hey, uh, guy, you, uh, you got some visitors out here. Uh, so Lucas, uh, is gonna try to take the lead here since it's just kind of a, a confusion of, of people at the moment. So Lucas says, okay, I need everybody, please get inside real quick. Um, I have some urgent things to, uh, explain real quick. Please, 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 please go. Please move. How how urgently is everyone going inside? I I I run. I good job, good job, Miles. Thank you, appreciate it. Leave Lucas behind. Let him I'm in, run I'm past in the door. me and then kind of step back in. I slow down and be like, "Whoa, cool backpack, sir!" And then I run back. Excuse me, sir. Commandeering your home, real quick. If you if you want to join in the conversation, uh, please feel free. It won't matter in uh, a day or like a night or like several hours when we're all dead. So Benji is just like watching everyone. Just these random people watching, like 
stampede into his home. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait. Oh, God. Look, I'm about to explain some stuff to you. And uh, if you want to survive the next couple hours, I really recommend you get inside so I can uh, kind of lay out how we're going to die. Oh, God, I'm going to die. And uh, Benji, I think at this point, you see the look of despair on his face and immediately recognize that it was uh, he was one of the ones that you saw in the most recent premonition. Uh, he just kind of keeps to himself. Are you stepping aside to let him in? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Still I, just... I thought they were already okay. inside, so yeah, yeah, they're they're oh. inside. Okay. Everyone goes inside then. So uh, with a heavy sigh and uh, shaking hands, uh, Lucas sits down on uh, a, a, maybe a stack of pizza boxes, because I imagine you maybe don't have enough... Uh, spots for for everyone to sit here yeah. uh so he he sits down and it kind of crunches a little bit and goes goes lower than he was intending to sit but he's just he's just existing at the moment and not really worried about that so he says okay so um where where to begin well let's start with the thing that we all just saw um Look, Miles, I also should have told you from the start, um, you live in a very dangerous facility, and nobody else here knows about it, um, and that's intentional, so... Um, yeah, I, I've sort of picked up on that. I have lived there for nine whole years. Facility? Right, right. Yeah, um, don't worry about it. It's nearby. You don't need to know where. Um... I point in the direction okay. of the facility. God <laughs> damn it, scribbling Miles. in his notebook. You're just making it worse for me. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so fired. If we make it out of this. So, the thing that's been after us is an SCP. And SCP stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. It's not the greatest acronym for the, the, the things, but it's SCP-076. Um, and these things tend to be very destructive or weird in nature and hard to contain. And this one, he's up there with one of the hardest to contain. He's, well, technically his designation is SCP-076-2 because there's a box that he comes from. But his name is Abel. This is your keeper, Kenneth. I just wanted to uh, 
come in at the end of the first episode here to first off, thank you for listening so much. Um, the reception for it so far before the first episode even released has been amazing. I think we hit like more uh, Twitter followers for this podcast than I have myself uh, just within like the first day of posting the the trailer for the the podcast. And that's just absolutely amazing. Thank you to the TTRPG community on Twitter for such an amazing reception for that. Like it was completely unexpected uh, and just super cool to see. So hopefully uh, some of you have come to listen and hopefully you, uh, you enjoyed what you heard. A few things I need to say at the end of the episode here. Uh, the SCP universe and all of its content is licensed under the uh, Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0 and all concepts originate from the SCP wiki and its authors. Uh, please see scp-wiki.net for all the original content. SCP-076, or ABLE, was written by uh, Author Anonymous with various contributors uh, helping to create the character of Abel as well on the site, uh, and as well SCP-662, or the bell for Mr. Deeds, was written by user uh, Rick Revelry. A few other thanks I want to give out while I have the chance here. Uh, thank you to Michael Winton for creating the theme music for our podcast. It turned out amazing, um, and it gives me chills just uh, doing the editing process and, and putting it in and hearing how, like, amazingly it fits exactly what, what we were wanting. So huge thanks to, to Michael for that. I personally want to thank Haniel. Oh my goodness. I'm recording this at like 3 a.m. I just combined their names. I want to thank Hannah, Daniel, Jacob, and Jordan uh, for deciding to, to join me on this adventure. It does take obviously a lot of time out of their week to, to come on to the podcast and join in with me and playing playing some fun games so hopefully uh they continue to enjoy it so that we can uh continue uh showing you this podcast and showing you the adventure that we have planned for you one more thing i wanted to say about the podcast itself just sort of a, a disclaimer here this episode had a lot more hand holding for the players than i uh would normally be comfortable with but i just uh my idea going into this was to let the players um make whatever character they wanted to um, and give them whatever background they wanted, uh, which which made it a very diverse group of characters that uh, made it kind of difficult to bring them all together. So I was kind of pushing them the whole episode in order to, to get them to end up in the same place. The episodes coming after this are going to be much more open-ended, and I'm super excited to see uh, how creative that uh, our, our members here can get uh, very excited for that to, to happen. But uh, as well, um, I also just want to thank you all one more time for taking the time to listen, uh, whether you be family, friends, or just a random person who loves TTRPGs, Monster of the Week, or uh, the SCP universe. Thank you for coming in, and uh, we all sincerely hope that you uh, have enjoyed this, and uh, if you have, uh, feel free to uh, continue following, and uh, we we hope to uh, keep producing a podcast that you can enjoy. Thank you. <laughs>